Thank you. 
time here and now pour it out God or receive it right now God we know we just need to simply ask those words this morning amen just simply ask for that and just receive it you can just be a sponge for just 30 seconds God pour it out God let it run over for God so we can just feel a touch of your presence this morning God Lord, we pray right now, God, God, we would just be changed by your presence, God. Changed by your spirit, Father, even this moment, Father. God, we hunger for your presence, God. Lord, we have a thirst, a spiritual thirst, God, that can't be quenched by anything else, God. But right in this moment, God, that your spirit would fall on this place, God, that your spirit would fall on our souls, God, our hearts, our minds, God. That in this moment, Jesus, Lord, that we would just touch you, God. Lord, we ask for your presence, God. We worship you. Lord, if anything else, God, we're disobedient in this moment and worship you, God. Keep playing the piano, please. Is there, any, uh, is there any desperate people in here this morning? I'm not asking you to do anything uncomfortable, but is there anything even in your heart where you feel a sense of where you're just really in a moment of trusting God? And what I want to do, if you feel comfortable, I just want to have a few of our leaders pray for you in a moment that you're saying, I'm not in this moment of just high highs or mountaintops, and man, I've been there, but I'm in a moment, a season of my life of trusting God, and I pray that, uh, that I can just bring some boldness and some faith in my prayers this morning. So if you guys would, if, there's, if you're in your seat right now and you want prayer, um, please raise your hand uh, ever so slightly, and there's, there's several ha hands have gone up and leaders. Um, and if this person's next to you and you feel okay with it, can you just lay your hands on them or stand next to them and pray for them? And um, we don't just sing these words, pour out, because we feel like they're good words. Amen? We pray for God's presence. We pray for his movement. And I don't pray, I don't even pray this morning that in this moment that the situation would just vaporize. I think God teaches us something else, which is God teaches us to endure this moment teach us, God, that we consider it joy as we go through these trials. So I'm going to pray, and then, Jen, if you can just, guys, pray that one last time. Um, God, I pray this morning, Father, for your presence. Lord, I believe you're here. I believe that your presence is active. God, and there's an atmosphere of, of, of worship in this place. God, we don't walk into a building just to hear words, God, and, and be religious, but, Father, we pray to be moved by your presence by you this morning, God. I pray for situations. I pray for trials, that things that people are going through, either it's a heart issue, a soul issue, God, there's something physical happening in their life, a loss of a job, a sickness, a divorce, whatever it may be, God. Lord, we are called to, to, to rely on you and trust in you, just as these words have said this morning. God, I pray that, that, uh, that if the situation can't be changed and altered this morning, God, that your presence Lord, that you're, you would insert yourself into that situation, God, and change your heart and change words. But God, I pray most, just above all things this morning, God, that, that we would learn through this situation, God, that we'd learn to be content, and not that we sit idly and do nothing, but God, that this morning, God, how can we learn to follow you and rely on you even greater in this moment? 
God, we want to be Christians, strong Christians who love you this morning and trust you and follow you, God. You are good. Church, do you believe with me this morning that these words are true? If so, just raise your voice for just a minute with me and just praise God in your own way. God, I love you. I worship you. I thank you for this morning. God, that you are real. You're tangible. It's not fake. It's not something that we just throw words up in the air, Father, but you are there. We serve a real living God this morning. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Could you guys just give God a hand this morning? Amen. 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 You guys can be seated this morning. Man, say God is good. Say it one more time. God is good. Amen. I get to say, because I have the mic, Happy Father's Day again. Happy Father's Day. Get a little bit of ringing here. Say Happy Father's Day to the person next to you, even if it's just a woman. I don't know. Awkward. Happy Father's Day. Who's uh? Are you gonna? Who's uh? Who's who's been a, a father for less than a year? Can you raise your hand? Franco said, "I'm at 13 months." I'm like, oh yeah. Remember when you counted the age of your kid in months back in the day? Um. Who's been a father less than a year? Anybody? Anybody? Almost there? All right. Uh, you guys, okay. Yeah, she's pregnant, so they win. Who, I was talking to Jim earlier. Who's, uh, who's been a dad greater than 50 years? Jim and my, my stepdad. I don't think he wanted to raise his hand. That's okay. Um, man, it's been 54 years being a dad. Congratulations. And, and dad, how long have you been a dad? How old is your oldest son? 59, all right, 59. Let's give a hand. I've been a, a dad for nine years, going on 10. <laughs> so, they grow up so fast. Anybody like, uh, anybody know Jim Gaffigan? Said Heidi. Heidi introduced me to Jim Gaffigan, greatest comedian ever. Slightly inappropriate sometimes, but hey, it's all good. Uh, he wrote a, on CNN this morning, it was these dad jokes. I found this one funny. Jim Gaffigan said, every night before I get my one hour of sleep, <laughs> I have the same thought. Well, that's a wrap on another day of acting like I know what I'm doing. I wish I were exaggerating, but I'm not. Most of the time, I feel entirely unqualified to be a parent. I call these times being awake. <laughs> so it's, uh, man, isn't, uh, I'm not going to steal uh, John's message, but I just want to say this, and I don't know if you're going to touch on this, John, but man, being a dad is, is a calling. And it's, uh, it's not some, it's sometimes you're like, yeah, it was kind of thrust upon me. I, I got news for you, it was kind of your fault. Um, but, uh, but you feel it, it is a calling that we step into. And sometimes in the church, we use the, we're going to teach on calling maybe later this summer. But calling, we think of sometimes as you're called to the ministry or I'm called to this job, right? But man, Anthony, I just want to say you're called to be a father. You're called to be at your workplace, and you're called to be in the church and other places, but calling is another station of your life. So dads, don't embrace it as just something that is like, I know it's hard some days. Holy cow, it's hard. Yesterday, my son was not a very good Christian. Um, he's still working on it. He's hurt my daughter like three times in the last two days, and it's been bad, and I hurt him back. Anyway, um, but I just want to say to the dads, you are called to this thing and treat it every single day, every single moment, as hard as it is that you're called to do it and never take it for granted um, and uh, just embrace it fully and life short. Amen? Amen. You guys can come forward and uh, we're going to give it to Pastor John. So, man, I just want to say this, guys. Man, I'm just full of faith this morning. Um, and I don't say that fake. I just mean it, that like I want this church and the things that we do in this community to be amazing. That there's brokenness in our culture, there's brokenness in our, in our city, and I want this church and the people here to redeem some of those things that we see in the city of Thornton. And man, I just want you guys to believe with us that we're here for a reason, and we, we wouldn't do this, believe me, John and the leadership team, we wouldn't do this without you. And uh, so we love doing church with you, and uh, just believe with us, amen, uh, that we can, we can still, that God is still alive. He still wants to redeem lives and culture and, and our society. And man, and just in, in every way, make us better than we are today. Amen? Amen. And I just want to call Angel. He got a job. Give him a hand. 
I, I know this seems trivial, but man, God's good, isn't he? Amen. Better than you were a month ago. Um, I just want to say like, man, just trust. Sorry, John, I'm taking too long here. But, 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 but church, just, just keep trusting like the song says. And he was up here and we were crying together a month ago. And I just, man, through these situations, just believe and believe that, that what we have and the opportunity that we have in this country, man, things are good. And uh, we have a loving God who loves us so much. So with that, I'm going to pray and I'm going to give it over to Pastor John. And we'll go from there. God, thank you for this morning. Um, for our beautiful church, uh, for this time that we get to spend with you this morning to learn from you. And uh, Lord, bless our church in, in so many ways, not just financially, God, but, but that we'd be alive in your spirit and that we would convey that and bring that to our community. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Good morning. Talk amongst yourselves for one moment. I'm going to look for a stand real quick. Did I miss it? All right, get me one. Um, but uh, happy Father's Day, guys. It's a, it's a good day. Happy Father's Day. And I hope you guys got your... If you didn't get breakfast, there's breakfast out there for everyone because we have tons of food, I believe, left. Um, and uh, I hope you got some coffee and got connected with someone here today. Uh, but more than everything, I just want to... Today, I want to do my best honoring fathers. So sometimes I'm going to be talking to the, uh, to the fathers and to the men, uh, but I want to encourage every one of us. I believe God wants to encourage us today, and sometimes he encourages us by putting a weight. Sometimes he encourages us by taking a weight off us. He does his thing, and we trust him. We trust the word of God. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew 6. We love the Word of God here. We, we celebrate the Word of God here because we believe it reveals Jesus, and Jesus changes our lives here at Hill City. Our purpose always is to encounter Jesus, is to follow Jesus, and then to work really hard to get into people's lives and create authentic community, a community where you can hold each other up, a community that you cry together, you laugh together, you go through hard times together, and it's okay. You don't need to fake it. Because when you try to fake it to make it, you just never make it. I'm, I'm just telling you, it's just true. We put on our fake smiles and we go home and we're not making it. Why continue the pattern that our world tells us to continue because they say that's the way it is? It's not the way it is and we know it internally, so we don't need to fake it to make it. We believe in authenticity. And when we struggle together, we struggle together. When we laugh, we, we are joyful together. When we mourn, we mourn together, and that's what community is, because, and I believe God is putting us in real community so we can be in each other's lives, because God loves people. God doesn't love just Christians. God loves people. God loves, longs for his people, all people, and, and so he's calling them, and so he calls us into authentic community and calls us to love people and make a difference together. That's what church is in this church family, in this city, and to the uttermost parts of the world. That's what the Great Commission has called us from here to there. Whatever we do here, it cannot end here. It cannot end on us. God's grace, God's message, God's love, God's peace cannot end with us. I'm telling you, it's great that God is speaking to us. It's great that we get to worship, but his peace and his love and his goodness cannot end with us. So if we are blessed, then we are blessed to be a blessing. If we have been given peace, God has given us peace so we can uh, propagate, we can continue pushing God's peace into others' lives. It cannot stop with me. Say that with me. It cannot stop with me. That is the gospel. That is like, a, it's like, that is the beauty of Christ. If it does not stop with me, it has to move forward. The impact of Jesus, the blessings, the gifts of God in our lives cannot remain with me. We can't follow Jesus and be about his kingdom, his going, his world, his discipleship making if it stops with me and this church. So I pray everything we do and everything you feel and every message that you hear goes beyond this moment. That's the impact that we're making, and that's the impact that you're desiring. When you, we sit around here and we say, what's missing from our lives? It's other people. And you know what's the hardest thing? It's that other people are hard to deal with, right? I mean, I mean our husbands and our wives are hard to deal with. Matt, just add some, right? 
Add your kids. You're like, oh, this is harder. Add some more kids. Oh, it's harder. Add some neighbors. It gets harder. But you know what? That's what we're called into. We're not called out of people's lives. We're called out of the world with a different pattern and mindset, but we're called into the world with the mindset of Christ and the love of God. So happy Father's Day. All that to say. Father, what a powerful title. Father. Think about that word, Father. Right when I say those words, Father, a rush of thoughts, emotions, feelings come about in our lives. All of us have a feeling of Father. Some of us have lost a father or a loved one. And when I say the word Father, it brings back in remembrance of those moments. I know I talk with Paul all the time about his father, and he would tell me, I miss my dad. I miss my dad. And many of you, you guys have gone through that tragedy, and you miss your dad. I saw Alan's post on Facebook about just your father, and it it moves me. It moves me because when I say the word father, when you think of father, it's not so simple, right? And, And the word father, this title is not for the faint of heart. It has boundless implications, and it's connected to much feeling and profound memories. Father. Father, many of us in this room, I will say, are amazing fathers, and I want to celebrate you. I apologize. They didn't put the AC on. We thought they did. But many of us in this room, you guys are amazing fathers. You guys are fathers that we can look up to. And I applaud you because a lot of times when you look at fathers on TV or in media, they like, it's Homer Simpson father, right? It's like they, they make fun of father. There's, a, there's not a stand-up dude just like, rocking it. They're always, they're, it. It always implies that there's something always like, but that's not you. I was going to say, that ain't you. I, was gonna, I, I don't know why I say that, but that's not you. That's not you. That's not the father that you need to imitate or emulate. That's not you because you know the power of a father. You know that many of you in this room are fathers we can look up to, trust, and emulate, and celebrate. Honestly, we have ex- just amazing, exceptional fathers in this room, and I honor you today. And wives, make sure to honor those fathers who are just amazing. Thank them. Because some of us, we grew up without fathers, right? Some of us, that, uh, when I say father, it's a vacancy. It's a vacant sign. Just think of that in your head. And, and, and it's a vacancy, and, and, and we think of, and when we think of father, we think of rejection or confusion, and that's what many of you face as sons and daughters, as wives, and others, and others of us, we have a relationship with our father, kind of, but it's damaged, right? We have damaged daddy relationships. There's resentment. There's a wound. And some of you, you say this, I don't need them in my life. But there are all these other reasons that you want them. You you say, I don't want them in my life, yet you're dealing with all the repercussions of not having them in your life. Isn't that the worst? Right? You're like, I don't need you in my life, but then all these repercussions, all these feelings. Why? I don't want to feel this because you got to deal with it. There has to be a dealing with. We can't just say, "Eh," right? I want to. I want to. And I'm not saying I grew up with a perfect daddy situation. And if you know, if you ever hear me speak long enough, I talk about my own daddy issues and how I'm still looking for daddy here and there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still looking for some man in my life to tell me I'm doing all right. Someone to say, affirm my life. I still look for men who are older than me to tell me I'm doing the right thing because I have a vacant sign still dealing, still damaged in my own father relationship. And some of you feel that way too. So what we do is we repress it and we stuff it deep down, yet it always comes up at the most inconvenient times, doesn't it? The times that you don't want it to come up, boom, it pops up. I, I, I have stories about King Supers all the time, and uh, I won't talk about them, but I have some repressed anger issues that I, am, I had to deal with when I was a younger man, and I still, man, I'm still dealing with those issues. We, we, we're not perfect here. We're just moving forward, Right? We're, st- we're not stuffing it deep down. We're dealing with it. We're talking about it because we have to. Because at the core of everyone in this room, we all long for a father. 
See, uh, research shows us, and this, I was just reading some uh, research articles in uh, Psychology Today, all these other articles, but fathers are fundamental to the emotional well-being of children. If your father is affectionate, supportive, and involved, he contributes greatly to the child's cognitive language and social development, as well as academic achievement, as strong inner fortitude, strong sense of well-being, and, uh, and self-esteem, and authenticity. Fathers, you attribute greatly to your child's idea of who she or he is as, it re as they relate to others so when they think of others and who they want in their lives they look to father it's it's interesting right who and what your child considers acceptable and loving for their lives is they look to their father crazy right that's some weight for you fathers that's some weight your daughters will look for men who will hold the same patterns as you girls look for in others what they have experienced and become familiar with in childhood Boys, on the other hand, will model themselves after their father. And you say, I'm not like my father. I'm telling you, the more I say that, the more I'm like, ugh, I'm like my dad. <laughs> I'm like, ugh, that's totally what my dad would have done. And I did it. And I said I wouldn't do it, but I did it. That's how it goes, I guess, right? And, and boys, we're, we model ourselves after our fathers. We look for the father's approval in everything we do. As young men, we look for dad's approval in everything we do, and it's so strange, and I would say no, but even when you're trying to be someone else, you're like, so I can, so I can tell you how awesome I am, dad, I got you, you know, like, there's something in us still trying to overcome this, this thing, right, copying the behaviors of dad if they're successful, and if dad is abusive, controlling or dominating, we copy those patterns too. Additionally, children who are well-bonded and loved by involved fathers have less behavioral problems. They're protected against drug abuse, alcoholism. Yet when fathers are disengaged, children are more likely to drop out of school earlier, have more problems behaviorally, have struggle with substance abuse. We need great fathers in this room, and we need great fathers in this city because we love our city. And the answer is not found in try harder because this is sometimes like, try harder, Mark. You're like, okay. If the answer is not found by just like understanding, yeah, I'm going to do better. There has to be more or, or, or do, or I, no, I believe the greatest impact of fatherhood comes as a Christian in our understanding of God in a greater way. Think about this. At the core of the message of the Christian faith is an understanding of God being our father. Think about that for a moment. If you grew up in church, this understanding of God as Father is a normative, right? You're like, oh, I get it, yeah, God is Father. But for the people that didn't grow up in church or the people back then when the Bible was written, God as Father was mind-blowing. It didn't even make sense. You know how we're like, oh, yeah, we say the Lord's Prayer, Our Father. And they're like, oh, what is that, Our Father? That's God, and I'm over here. And people in our world, that same thing. They, the Our Father statement doesn't, doesn't make sense fully. It's mind-blowing. So when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 9 to 10, this is then is how you should pray, Our Father in heaven, my Father in heaven. How would be your name? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He told them to call on Heavenly Father. This was not a customary way to talk to God back then. Think about that. Let that, let that kind of marinate, because when we read the Bible, we think, it, we think the Bible was written in the USA, you know, and uh, God was from the Midwest somewhere, and, uh, you know, I mean, Jesus was in the Midwest, and he wore overalls, right, and worked on the farm. No, Jesus was this Jewish man who was calling God his father, and it was insane for the hearers. It was nuts. We think they were like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. No, none of them said it was a good idea. They're like, are you insane? And when Jesus said he was God, you know who are the last people who would believe Jesus would ever be God is Jewish people? They would be the last people. Everything in their customary ways would say no way. So for a bunch of Jewish people to say this is God is mind-blowing. It, it should be, it's way past what we think in this moment. And we'll study that further some other time. But this was a revolutionary moment. Think with me for this moment. Out of all the names God could have used to disclose himself, he uses the word Abba, which means dad. Dad. It has a right and it's a title of intimacy. Dad. 
And it shows us a huge way of how God sees us. We are far more than just another creation. There's something unique about our connection with God, our relationship with God. It's intentional, it's relational, and it's one of love. Dad, he as dad and we as beloved children. In 1 John 3, 1, it says, Behold, and this is John, right? This is John the beloved, and he's writing about God, and he says this, he pens these words, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. And what that means is that he's like, what in the what, right? I cannot believe this kind of love that God our Father has put on us that we should be called children of God? What is this love John is saying? The more John understands God, the more shocked he is about his sonship. The more John prays to God, understands God, walks with God, struggles to walk with God, whatever he's going through, the more he understands God, the more he is saying, what is this relationship that I should be called son? Behold what manner of love, what kind of love is this that you have bestowed, lavished, painted, drenched on us, that we should be called children of God. I mean, I know how awesome you are and how much of gift you are to this world. But me, I'm feeble, I'm mortal, I'm finite, and I'm sinfully messed up, and I'm still in process, right? And I say to myself, how can this infinite, eternal, unfathomable, perfect, holy God love me? And this is especially hard for those who have a bad father relationship. Because accepting love is very difficult when you don't understand the love of Father. So when you have a bad uh, earthly relationship with your dad, this heavenly relationship, you say there's no way a God can love me like that. He's going to leave me at some point. He's going to lead me down the wrong way. He's going he's to abuse me in some way. And some of us have this feeling of Father, and so this acceptance of love is hard. So we, I have to work for it so I can say, now I'm a good daughter or I'm a good son because I worked for it. And John is not saying that at all. He is shocked that God loves him and calls him a child. How can God love me when he knows all my darkness? I love this, this, saying, uh, this word when it says, God knows everything about you, and he, loves, he still loves you. God knows everything about me, yet he longs to be with me. God knows how I treated my wife this week. God knows. Don't talk to Candace, right? God knows how I treated my children this week when I came home grumpy, right? Because I didn't get enough sleep because I was binging on Amazon Prime, right? Don't judge me. Too late. Yeah, that's right. I can't believe that guy. It was really funny. No, I'm just kidding. Behold what manner of love he pours on us, not to win me, but to love me, not because I er earned it, but because I'm accepted. So when I meditate God on God as Father, I mean, it's such audacious love. J.I. Packard wrote these words. If you want to judge, and listen, this is so profound. If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts control of his worship, his prayer, and his whole outlook on life, it means he does not understand Christianity very well at all. I was like, that was good. He is saying, in your faith, if you can't see God as dad, you will not fully comprehend how much he loves you. You will always struggle with measuring up, with acceptance, identity, wholeness, purpose, and worth. And there's some of us in this room right now that need a father wound to be healed up by God. I remember when I was in, uh, in, in college, I would always pray, man. I would always pray to forgive my dad because I, I struggled with such... Um, daddy issues. I, I grew up in a, a very abusive home where my father was, I don't know, he just would rage out, right? I grew up in a bunch of foster homes as well because my dad would rage out too much and, and, the, and the bruises wouldn't show up in the right place, right? More on the arms, the neck, and the face. So then, uh, and then the police would take you away 
and then it would be months, maybe almost a year before we go back home. And I remember these moments, uh, and it happened over and over again. So when I, when I think about dad, I had the hardest time of acceptance as God as father. And I know many of you guys do in this room right now when you think of that. You're like, I can think of God as many things. As father, that's a very big struggle. But until I had to, until I couldn't, until forgiveness happened in my life, until I faced my dad and told him, like, dad, you did the best that you could do in the, in the circumstances that we lived in. Man, that was a real struggle for me to say, because I wanted to say all sorts of other things. But I could not hold on and let that fester anymore in my life. I had to understand where he came from. He came from an abusive household. He, came, he grew up during the war. I, didn't, I don't know about the war. I grew up in San Francisco, right? Like, he, he had the war, and I had the Golden Gate Bridge, you know? Like, he had the war, and I grew up in, like, Herbert Hoover Middle School. Like, the hardest thing was, like, you know, pre-algebra for an Asian, right? Uh, but I was just thinking, like, I don't know what he went through. And all this judgment that I throw on dad, would I be able to survive the same amount of judgment on my own life? If my children put on the same amount of judgment on my own life, could I hold it? So the more I thought about my children, the more I had to let it go. And I said, dad, I I love you. You did the best that you could. And in that moment, I'm telling you, at 29 years old, it was like an unraveling of rage, of like freak out modes, of King Super moments, right? where I would try to fight people at at the age of, I'm not going to tell you, right? And I'm just like, this would slowly just unravel in my life, and I could not believe how much my view and my own forgiveness was related to the way I saw my father and and the way, and now the healing of my own relationship with my father in heaven is beautiful, I could tell you. And sometimes my dad would say, I did do a good job, and I was like, and I want to look to him and say, I'm on the edge. I'm giving you the best that I can. But I say, yeah, you did a good job, Dad. You did a good job, and I love you. And in these moments, I'm telling you, Dad, I know you don't want to do it. Everything in me tells me, don't do it. They don't deserve it. But then I think about the cross and Jesus, and when I think about the cross and my forgiveness, I should tell Jesus, don't do it. I don't deserve it. Everything that we do in life and we look in forgiveness should be based on the cross of Jesus. And if Jesus could forgive me knowing that he is God himself and he would go on the cross and he did not come to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many, then I have to let it go. I got to join Elsa, all right? I got to let it go and dance around, right? And that's what I need to do. I need to look to the cross. Anytime rage starts to build up, anger starts to build up, complaining starts to build up, we got to take ourselves back to the cross of Christ and say, God, you got me. I can't believe you forgave me. I can't believe you love me. It says, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. I can't believe it, God. I can't believe it. And from that place, I'm telling you, you can get through. From that place, I'm telling you, you could heal. And when you, something rises up, man, take yourself right back down. Because we need to go back to the cross over and over and over again. Never get over the cross. That is where salvation, that is where life, that is where hope, that is where joy stems from. It is in his rejection we are accepted. It is in his frustration we are set free. It is in his, just everything that was put on Christ, man, we get the opposite. And he, as the son of God, gives us sonship and daughtership into the kingdom of God. Behold, what manner of love that God has put on us, that we could be called children of God. I am a child of God. And your fathering will always be empowered by being submitted to God's fathering. And when you can find your identity in Christ, you will not be shaken by all the other identities this world tells you you need to be. You will not be shaken by that. 
You are loved, you are complete, you are forgiven, so stand in your sonship, not in pride, not in condemnation or measuring up, or we stand in Christ fully and we continue to embrace Him as child of God, accepted, wanted. Don't downplay your identity. Don't downplay your identity. Now let's, in, and this is what empowers fathers. Here's three things children need. I'm going to give you some applications, and this is to the fathers. This is just three things I wrote down that children need, and, and it's simple, but, and, but, you're gonna, but I hope it just speaks to your heart. Number one, they need your attention. They need your attention. We're all busy, right? Busy working with sports, health, entertainment, friends, yard, hobbies, on the phone. The list goes on, but our children cannot do without our attention. They need your attention. They cry for it. It's vital. Man, one day your child's not going to ask to play with you. you. You ain't that cool, right? You're like, they always want, they, they're just saying, you know, just crying about it, saying, talk to me, can you play with me, can you push me? One day that's all going to end, right? And they're going to dress not as hipsters as something else, and you're not going to like it, and you're going to want to spend time with them, but you can't, right? But right now, if you have young children or you have children who want your time, give them your time. Man, love is spelled T-I-M-E. I know. I know. You've, it's something on a cup or something, right? Something that Christians put on their wall. I apologize. But they need your time. Here's some practical ways you can give them your time. I call this 15 minutes. Every day, give 15 minutes of your time to each kid just one-on-one. Ask them how their day is, what they like, and, and you know what? When children are five years old, I have a young five-year-old, they're just insane, right? You ask them what they like and what, what they need, they tell you the most off-the-wall insane things, and you're like, all right, <laughs> we'll go with that, right? But I was talking to Franco the other day, and we were talking about children and raising, uh, raising little girls. That's what we were talking about, and he, he challenged me because uh, we were talking about like... Um, do you know who your daughter's best friend is? And I was like, yeah. He's like, do you know their parents' name? I was like, uh-huh. No, I have no idea. I have no idea. I was like, he, he's like, man, we better, as parents, investigate that. We should know that. We need to do our due diligence of who has influence in their life. Get to know them. And I was like, yeah, Franco, right? I'm going to stop binging on Amazon Prime. Listen to this. Here's a story, and you might have heard this. Uh, Francis, um, Charles Francis Adams in the 19th century, he was a political figure, a diplomat. He kept a diary, right? And on the one day he entered, went fishing with my son today, a day wasted. His son also kept a diary, and they, they have this diary, by Brooke Adams. Also, and it says this, on that same day he made an entry, went fishing with my father, the most wonderful day in my life. The father thought he was wasting his time while fishing, and the son saw it, that it was the best day. And I just want to tell you, your time matters. Building a fort out of blankets that you have to fold because their folding is horrible matters. Just bring a chair down, make a fort, right? Make a fort. Give them your attention. Be in on their activities. Like we said, do your due diligence. Have a family night. Have a family night. Make it sacred. Take one night out of the week and say, you know what, these two hours, we're just doing family time. If we're playing cards, we're drawing, we're painting, we're egging Mark's house or whatever, you know, whatever you want to do together as a family. Sorry, Julie. But have a family night. Make memories. Stop taking pictures of yourself. Take pictures of your kids, right? Number two, give them affection. Your children need affection. They need to be told, I love you, I'm proud of you. Man, those words rock me still. The words, I'm proud of you. I, I didn't he get to hear those words until like I was a, a full-grown adult in my 30s. And when I heard it, I didn't even know. I'm like, oh, it's okay. You know, you don't need to say that. Just because I don't know how to take on those words because I haven't heard it until I was way older because I grew up in a Korean household. And they don't really say, I'm proud of you. They say, these are the areas you need to work on. Math and science. No, I'm just kidding. It was always math, though. I don't know why they do that. John, you're horrible at math. I'm like, you're horrible, right? But they need your affirmation. Dads, you're the loudest voice they will ever hear, even if they pretend like they're not hearing you. 
Your children need your affirmation. Children need their fathers. Some of the problems that we deal with today is our daddy issues. Still looking for dads, right? Still looking for affection and affirmation. I told you about myself. I'm, I still do that. And I, you know, and without affirmation, children feel rejected. Our culture will tell them what they should feel like. And our culture is full of rejection. And, and, and our, 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 we're surrounded by children who feel rejected looking for fathers. And we need more fathers. Nobody su- is a substitute of your voice of affirmation. And number three is discipline. That's right. They need discipline. Children need boundaries and consequences. They need to know when they can and cannot do. They cannot guess that for themselves. You are the parent. Don't yell at your children if you didn't set the boundaries. You're like, you shouldn't have done that. You're like, I didn't know, right? It's like football. How do you know you're out of bounds if it's not marked? And how do you know you're doing good if it's not marked? How do you score a touchdown if there's no boundaries, right? Kids need to know how to win, how to score, how they're doing good. Attention and affirmation is what you need to do for discipline. You can't just give discipline if you're not affirming and if you're not giving affection. That is the power of your discipline. So what empowers that? In Hebrews 12, 6, 7, it says, My dear son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship. I love this because I have to say this to myself. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you like his son, like his daughter. Discipline, discipline. Because God is more interested in growing you than making you feel good. And this is so true. And let us be, as parents, more interested in growing them than just making them feel good. And these last words, say the words, follow me. In 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, it says, follow me as I follow Christ. This is one of the biggest like, statements that I try to remind myself, that they are following me like I follow God. I'm like, ugh. The weight. You are supposed to have that weight. That weight is good, right? There's a lot of people who tell us what we do and what to think. The internet, the TV, the school, work, but only fathers say it and then do it and they say, follow what I'm doing. Fathers, we are more than just baby makers and breadwinners and rule setters. Hear me, dads. No one has more influence on your child than you. And people know it. You are the standard by the child will measure things by. And I pray that you are a high standard. Be a father they want to follow. A father who says, watch me. This is how you you act in marriage. This is how you love your wife. This is how you worship. This is how you treat people. This is how you honor God. This is how you suffer. This is how you give. This is how you respect people. Fathers, we do that. Follow me as I follow Christ. And this is hard and people aren't willing to do that. But will we step up to the plate and father? Because we have a generation of the fatherless. And that was my last point. Be a father to the fatherless. There are people in this room and in this city and in your workplace that are calling out for fathers due to their lack of fathership, like due to their lack of having father. And this is called discipleship, right? Disciples are not just, disciple making is not just for pastors and like the good Christians who are like SEAL Team 6, right? Who have the love spells time on their wall, right? Discipleship is for all of us. Jesus calls us to go and make disciples. Go and father the fatherless. Go and take care of the needs of the needy. Go. And it's going to cost you. If you don't think it's your faith is going to cost you, someone lied to you. That's not Jesus you're following. Because Jesus, he went to the cross. It cost him, let me tell you. And our walk with God, our obedience will always cost us and that's a good thing we need right boundaries we need to know what obedience looks like and Jesus showed us and when he said go and be a father go and make disciples you got to navigate the responsibility of following Jesus to the hurting to the fatherless and as we close if you were a father and it's been hard for you I say keep going don't give up keep speaking keep loving and if you messed up if you're a father and you feel like you messed up then make it right put your pride down and apologize and heal up children are forgiving and it's never too late to be who you should have been 
It's never too late to be who you should have been. And when it gets hard, remember you have a Father in heaven that loves you, that empowers you, that's with you, and that blesses you. So on this Father's Day, remember God loves you and you are his child. Let's stand. I'm going to just pray a blessing over you as we go. But if there's, as we have our eyes closed and our heads bowed, if there's someone in this room that just feels far from God, and as I was speaking, God was speaking to your heart, and you need to release the reins of your life. You need to just say, God, I need to give my life fully to you. Jesus, I need to surrender my life to you because I've been trying to do it my way. I want to do it your way. If you're in this room and that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Anyone in this room that just needs to thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. I pray for everyone in this room, Lord God, that our first thing that we need to do is get right with you. And I just pray for every hand that was raised, God, that you would bring newness of life. And it's not a moment of salvation. It's a walk of salvation. Get up tomorrow and give your life to Christ again. Get up the next day and give your life to Christ again and say, I follow you. It's a following, not a one-day event, God. And for the rest of us, I pray for the fathers, the mothers, the parents, but especially the men, the fathers in the room. I pray blessing over their lives, Lord God. I pray for strength over their lives. And as we leave here today, we leave encouraged knowing that we are sons of the Most High God who calls us His, who, uh, God who calls us His Son, and we can call you Father, Lord. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. We thank you. Let us always be shocked by our sonship. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Get to know one another. Eat the rest of the food out there. We don't want to take any of that mess. Eat it. Thank you. God bless you guys.